0: This is an RNZ podcast.
1: Last week here on MediaWatch, we looked at Fire and Fury, the multimedia documentary from the Stuffed Circuit team, all about the misinformation which helped to fuel the occupation of Parliament earlier this year and which ended in violent riots. And last week, Stuff also reported that some anti-COVID control and pro-freedom groups were also now seeking to stand candidates in upcoming local elections. And that came after the media had sounded the alarm about some places around the country where local government posts had a shortage of contenders and some spots might end up uncontested. That's not the case with the job of Mayor of Auckland. Plenty of names are still in the hat for that. But just before the recent deadline, the one who made more headlines than any other so far pulled the plug on his bid. Talking to one of his big backers, Dave Latelli, on his own Butterbean radio show on Today FM, Leo Malloy blamed the media for not showing the many layers to himself and his work. I mean, I'm I'm clickbait. I'm rich, low-hanging fruit, and I can yeah. sell papers, so... I accept that and I understand that, but I just wish sometimes they'd give me an opportunity to be really authentic and to explain who Leo really is. Now sides of Leo Malloy that were best kept hidden were in full view in his startling encounter with the self-described volunteer journalist Guy Williams on a recent episode of his comedy current affairs show, New Zealand Today. The Auckland Tour made headlines last month after an expletive-filled interview on comedy show New Zealand Today.
0: You're a successful businessman running one of the most popular bars in Auckland. You're giving this all up to embarrass yourself running for Auckland Mayor.
1: Do you blame Guy Williams for the bad poll result? I think he's a fabulous guy. I've been supporting him. Um, I think he's been hard done by, by his nothing against Guy, but I wouldn't do it again. Now at that time, Guy Williams was criticised by some for giving Leo Malloy the oxygen of publicity and praised by others for lifting the lid on his personality, including News Hub's Patrick Gower.
2: And you should be actually proud of what you did. You made people laugh, you gave people information, and I just thought it was awesome, and I'm proud to be your friend and your colleague when I
0: watch well, it. Well, uh, I appreciate you saying the kind words. Uh, thank you very much, Paddy. I, I, I
1: and in the final episode of the latest series of New Zealand Today, Guy Williams also confronted the deep roots of misinformation in New Zealand though he took a very different tone to Stuff Circuits, Fire and Fury.
2: It's been
0: labelled one of the leading sources of anti-vax misinformation in New Zealand, famously claiming that vaccinated people are becoming magnetised. This was my chance. If I could stop the real news, I could stop the spread of one of the biggest sources of bullshit in
1: New Zealand. It was time to go to work. Now, in that episode, Guy Williams investigated a magazine called The Real News, which is on sale all over the country and carries plenty of COVID misinformation. Now, the magazine made headlines last year when around 60,000 copies of it were distributed in Auckland, many by members of Advance NZ and Voices for Freedom. And when Guy Williams tracked down the maker of the magazine it turned out to be a familiar face. This is my chance to come face-to-face
0: with the mastermind behind one of the biggest disinformation campaigns in New Zealand history. Oh, for sake, not
1: you again. Yeah, it's me again. John Eisen was spreading misinformation and conspiracy theories on paper long before COVID-19 or even social media apps were a thing. He founded Uncensored magazine way back in 2005, reprinting lurid online theories about 9 11, aliens, so called chemtrails in the sky, actually just vapor trails from aircraft, and more recently, COVID 19. And now he's still at it with the real news, in spite of Guy Williams' intervention. You show me one story in the real news that doesn't stand up factually,
0: and then I'll stop. This article is called Was Napoleon Gay? I mean, that's not
1: proven. There's some references in there. No, there's literally no references. Oh, I forgot. You can't just say, oh, I forgot. Why no. John Eisen was clearly happy to play along with Guy Williams there for the New Zealand Today show. and That interview is now on the Uncensored magazine website with the claim that all publicity is good publicity, just ask Donald Trump. So Hayden Donnell asked Guy Williams, can misinformation be confronted and overcome by journalism, or even his brand of comedy, volunteer journalism? Kia ora, Guy. Welcome to Media Watch.
0: Thanks for having me. I'm a little bit... Is it good to be on this show? I don't know.
2: This case is potentially a good thing because we're talking about conspiracy Theorists and the last episode of your show NZ Today featured one of our most prominent conspiracy theorists. So I just want to ask, yeah. did your interactions with John Ison teach you anything about the misinformation landscape in New Zealand?
0: No, my theory is, and I could be wrong, that John is a little bit different to the misinformation people we know about now. I could be wrong. I think he's a little bit separate from like, the ones that have become very prominent. A lot of these conspiracy theorists I've talked to, they genuinely believe what they're saying. So often in, in media, I think it's broken down into like a, a good versus evil. There's someone there who, you know, like kind of a, a Donald Trump figure who's being funded by the Cooch Brothers or something like that. And there's some sort of like plan going on. You know, I, don't, I think John Ison is just a genuine New Zealander or an American immigrant to New Zealand who is trying to expose the truth. That's his goal. And in my opinion, he's very um, misguided in that way.
2: You've been trying now for four years because you had him on your show four years ago. Yeah, to turn him around—it's obviously proved not just <laughs> unsuccessful, but almost counterproductive. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: I don't know. I don't know if I was trying to do that. I was just trying to meet him the first time I met him. But yeah, yeah, I was try. I, I, I occasionally do think, yeah, I can talk some sense into people, or at least talk to them around to my perspective. Yeah.
2: Are you discouraged in that respect? No, I mean I may, maybe a little bit.
0: Because there's, there's so many times where I'm like, oh, the solution to this is obvious. People and it, Occasionally on New Zealand today, people do hear my opinion. Like, I was amazed when I, I went to Christchurch to talk about the Crusaders, in my opinion, having a terrible name for a Canterbury rugby team. And I talked to everyone on the street, and they're like, I don't think, do you think the Crusaders should change their name? And they're like, no. And I was like, do you know a little bit about the name Crusaders and where that comes from? And as soon as I explained it to them, 90% of the people, besides the dudes I interviewed who claimed to be on ketamine, 90% of people interviewed instantly changed their opinion. It was, like, really amazing. But then in some of these more um, entrenched views, uh, no, I don't think I've made uh, much progress. But maybe for the viewer, I've maybe enlightened people a little bit. Maybe I haven't. I don't know.
2: We just had a documentary come out this week, Fire and Fury by Stuff Circuit. Yes. So good documentary about conspiracy culture, extreme right, the anti-vax culture in New Zealand. But it kind of portrays these people as quite sinister and it's quite serious.
0: Yeah. I do think there's people out there who have become so misguided that they are good people who are doing very harmful things. And is John Ison one of those people? Potentially, yes. But I wanted to At least show that he's not some sort of evil mastermind like kind of working away behind the scenes trying to bring down democracy or something like that. Because I don't think he is that. I think he is someone who thinks he's doing the right thing.
2: Should we go to Leo Malloy? The dust is settled. It's over. Leo Malloy's campaign is over. How do you feel now about what's being referred to as your infamous interview with Leo Malloy?
0: It's interesting you said interview there. I thought the interview was great. I was more criticised for the story as a whole um, and, the, the, you know, the fluff I put around it. Platforming or something like that and all the criticisms that I've seen, I haven't looked at all of them and I tried to avoid them just while I was in the absolute slushing around in the in the in the shit pit. I, I will look at them at some point, I guess. But so far, I'm like, most of the criticisms are fair. I think some of them maybe were a little bit harsh. I definitely did underestimate the situation. I did this interview a long time ago and I... I did not think Leo Malloy was a serious candidate, and I did not uh, think that he would be the biggest name in the running. When I interviewed him, it was assumed I assumed that Phil Goff was going to be ranked. There was rumours he was going to retire, but I did not know about that. And I assumed if he was going to retire, there would be another bigwig from National or Labour who would, you know, a conventional politician who would be the front runner. And I did not realise that Leo was going to be as successful as he was. So I kind of thought I was doing a fringe New Zealand story, and then. Yeah, as time went on, maybe it became less than fringe. Maybe I became out of my depth. I'm not sure. I I was happy with it and I was proud of what I put
2: out, but um, I understand the criticisms. Would you have done it differently if you'd known who's polling it sort of like second in the race?
0: Yeah, yeah, I might have. And to be honest, a lot of people, even when I did it, we all knew who Leo Malloy was. Everyone told me not to do it from friends to uh, my bosses, producers. I had to fight to get this story across the line because I was like, this is, uh, you know. the story is in my wheelhouse as you would say and the other thing is a weird like side pressure that i was feeling is that you know one of the criticisms i have of my show myself is that too often it deals with like uh people who are maybe like not so rich or not so privileged and so i was looking for more stories that were maybe Auckland based or people who were um rich or well educated and so leo malloy kind of fit the bill perfectly for the kind of story that i was looking for at the time
2: so i maybe looked past you know the the other ramifications, you know? Yeah, because the criticism at the time, right, is the comparison to kind of Jimmy Fallon tussling. Tussling. Yeah, yeah. Donald Trump's here during that campaign, you know, kind of humanizing a figure that has some pretty inhumane pus- positions. Yeah. And I, I don't think that Leo Malloy is quite on the level of Donald Trump, but do making a joke out of a guy that was at the time, I think, taking some positions like that he would spray beggars on the side of Queen Street with water yeah. to, to get them to move away.
0: Yeah, he ha- he did not said that, but he'd said other things. I mean, this was after he'd uh, made homophobic jokes about Family Bar on K Road and stuff like that, so I can't deny that I wasn't uh, interviewing like a, a controversial figure. It was my view that yeah. I... I don't know if being on New Zealand today is a good thing or a bad thing. It's a bit like me coming on
2: Media Watch, you know? <laughs> like It's a risky proposition. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's not like you went in like Jimmy Fallon and went, ha, 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 Donald Trump, ha, yeah. ha, Leo Molloy. Yeah. You did say you're an idiot and you should pull out of the race. But I just don't think Leo Malloy.
0: I think he has characteristics that are okay. I think he has the ability to learn. I think um, when I spoke to him about the um, homophobic remarks, I think he genuinely seemed to learn from that. Maybe he's just politically pandering to me off camera. I think he genuinely was regretful for the things he said. I think he has the ability. He's not one of these Trumpian figures because that's what we've found is we've got this new brand of politicians that don't have the ability to experience shame or to um, apologise for what they've done. And I think Leo Malloy does. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he was pulling the wool over my eyes or something like that. But I, I, I thought genuinely um, uh, I wanted to discourage him for running because he'd embarrass himself. And maybe the can, can, maybe my interview was the embarrassing thing. I'm not sure.
2: He has pulled out of. The Meril race, yeah, and in his announcement saying why he did it, he said, "I wouldn't do Guy Williams again." So, do you feel, after all the criticism, that <laughs> you're really, you're really flattering me there? Um, I don't, I know where you're going. I, I don't think it is a huge triumph for
0: me or redemption for me. Like, I think all the criticism of me, are, like, fear and still
2: stand. Is what does it say about our level of coverage of local politics? Yeah, that your joke interview. Uh, in a comedy show, was seen as potentially an election-defining moment? Uh, I think the state
0: of local democracy reporting is probably dire. Um, I think the state of journalism in New Zealand is probably dire. I've had friends and other people and journalists tell me otherwise. But my view of it, from starting uh, in the media in Auckland 10, 11 years ago, is that things have gone drastically downhill. All the journalists have been fired. Ironically, me being a um, pretend journalist is still there. Is that a good sign of our society? No. <laughs> I think my show's good, but I think um, we need to fund journalism somehow. Uh, yeah, I've, I very much worry. I'm obsessed with this. So I feel like all the journalists have been fired. Half of them become real estate agents, the other half have become publicity people who are obscuring the truth. It's like we've got more people now who are like trying to hide the truth and trying to spin the truth than actually trying to find the truth, which I think is dire. I mean, we're getting into the weeds here. I could talk about this for hours, but I'm obsessed with that topic.
2: It's a problem for us as well because there's less people to watch. But <laughs> yeah. as you guys are the only two journalists left and there's no yeah, one else we'll to just watch. Be That's why you interview a comedian now. We'll yeah. Just be me watching Colin. Yeah. And I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. As a comedian, does it feel like a massive burden to be actually charged with shaping real world events and people looking at you like you're an actual journalist.
0: no I'm not charged with that Uh, I've just taken that responsibility and people would say I've overstepped my ground I like the stories I do and I'm proud of most of what I put out but I definitely I make a lot of mistakes and I'm not a journalist what is terrifying is the number of people who come up to me and say um, oh my god uh, my grandparents watch your show and now they don't trust the news any more because I'm in a suit and because I've got a microphone. The number of people who call me a journalist, when I think it's obvious I'm a comedian, it's my whole history has been a comedian, but some people don't see me as that way. And that's very difficult. And then, of course, I appear on shows like The Project, which obviously blur the lines between they, they feature journalists, they feature comedians. I don't know. You get the situation like this where I accidentally am part of real news stories and then... Yeah, it's troublesome. There's been a number of people. I, I, I uh, uh, The journalist Paddy Gower uh, t- told me the other day that he was making small talk with some person in a car he was driving with and the person said his favourite journalist was me. And I was like, oh, <laughs> society's in trouble. Joe Rogan's the number one podcast and I'm uh, a journalist in New Zealand now. We're, um, we're doomed, guys. We're doomed.
2: Having said that, you tell stories on the show that maybe don't get told and maybe you reveal things about people that don't get revealed otherwise. Yeah. Just because you're not bound by journalistic conventions like objectivity, neutrality, and you don't sort of come from this highfalutin place talking down to people. Yeah. Do you think that that says something about our media coverage, about who we exclude, about who we platform? Massively.
0: The New Zealand... um Media bubble is ridiculous. It's all in central Auckland, basically. There's about three people in Wellington, and there's about one person in Christchurch, and they're making children's TV, largely. And the rest of us are all in central Auckland, and we're trying to cover the whole country, and it's not working out, in my opinion. And I think there's two New Zealands, and our entire media um, culture, which is all white you know, largely male, a few female people, but like, and middle class to richer people is not showing like what the real New Zealand is. And I think New Zealand today, to blow my own horn here, I'm practicing my horn blowing, um, does show a, a side of New Zealand culture that is not shown enough. Whether it shows it properly, whether it does a good job of that, who knows? But like, I think, um, yeah, there's, 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 there's parts of New Zealand that I'm lucky to be able to access that, um, you know, underfunded journalists maybe cannot.
2: Guy, at the beginning of your show, you call yourself a volunteer journalist. You say you always wanted to be a journalist and it's meant to be a joke. Mm. Are you looking down on us or is there some glimmer of truth there? Do you actually envy her? A little bit. Um, I, I don't think I've always wanted to be a journalist, but I just like
0: in my stand-up comedy, I want to itch scratches that I think annoy me. And so that is a through line of New Zealand today. Like I, A lot of the stories are chosen by me. So... That's where it comes from. And, like, really, I should become a proper journalist and actually get to the truth as opposed to just make jokes and, you know, like, maybe I'm going about it the wrong way, but that is a satisfying and uh, awesome privilege that I have. Yeah, I'm jealous of journalists.
1: Hayden Donnell talking there to Guy Williams, the star of New Zealand Today, which recently finished its third series on three, including that headline-making encounter with the headline-making Auckland Merrill hopeful Leo Malloy before he pulled out of the contest. That's still available along with Series 1 and 2 on the on-demand platform 3Now.